Welcome to Across the Street, your one-stop shop for all things inpatient medicine at the Durham VA, from faculty and staff who know it and love it just as much as you do. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Across the Street. I am super excited to share this episode with you today. I will be talking with the one and only Dr. Ryan Duffy. Y'all probably already know him very well because he is your chief resident for quality improvement and patient safety here at the VA this year. But just in case you haven't had a chance to get to know him super well yet, he went to VTAC for medical school. He did his internal medicine residency here at Duke and just finished last summer. He is actively involved in the patient safety team here at the VA as well as lots of other quality improvement projects. And I can think of no one better to speak to us today about the elusive VA JSPR or the Joint Patient Safety Reporting. I feel like we talk about this a lot and there's a little bit of confusion and mystery about what happens once you submit one of these. So Dr. Duffy is going to demystify this process for us. Thank you for being with us, Dr. Duffy. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. So let's start off from a 10,000 foot view. What exactly is a JSPR? Yeah, so uh, JSPR, you know, is a, the acronym that's actually JPSR. It stands for Joint Patient Safety Reporting. And there's a habit here in Durham of calling this a JSPR, you know, which is not how the acronym's spelled, but it's how everyone here says it. And it's smoother to say than JPSR, and it's more fun to say than JPSR. So I'm fully supportive of using JSPR. Wait a minute, time yeah. out. Are you saying that the rest of the world doesn't call it a JSPR? <laughs> I just came back from a patient safety conference where all the you know, VAs from across the country got together, and uh, I think we're the only ones that call it a JSPR, but I love it. What does everyone else say? Uh, JPSR. All right. So for those of you that are listening outside of Durham, I would highly encourage you to make your lives just a little bit easier and start saying <laughs> JSPR. I agree. I agree. So a JSPR is the reporting tool that the government uses to track medical errors and near misses for both the Department of Defense as well as the Veterans Health System. The J in JSPR stands for joint because not only does it track the VA safety events, but also the military treatment facility safety events. This creates a single data source for the government, which helps to standardize the collection of safety data and encourages collaboration since the VA and the DOD share common goals. JSPR is a web-based event submission form where anyone with a PIV card can anonymously submit information regarding a patient safety event. The reporting of safety events by frontline workers is hugely important to any organization that's very complex, such as a hospital, and which operates in a high-risk environment, like dealing with patients' lives. The organizations that do this well, such as the commercial airline industry and nuclear power plants, they're called high-reliability organizations, or HROs, and the VA is striving to become an HRO. And safety reporting is an important part of that mission. Yeah, thank you so much for that summary. And I will say that I, on service, I've made a point to be really proactive about placing JSPERS more often. Now that I've learned a little bit about how the hospital uses them and how they do actually affect change. So before we get into the specifics, Dr. Duffy, can you tell us a little bit about specifically how to place a JSPER and what I should have ready to go? Yeah, it's a great question. And fortunately, it's easy to submit a JSPER. The hardest part is sometimes finding the link to the website. But once you know how to access it, the rest is easy. Dr. Caputo, do you happen to know how to submit a JSPR from within CPRS? You know, I actually don't from within CPRS. I usually go through the visit bookmarks on the web browser. So tell me how you do it from CPRS. Great. And this is something I learned recently too. So within CPRS, whenever you're in a patient's chart, you can click on the tools up at the top and then click key documents slash patient safety. 
and then you just select patient safety reporting form and that takes you right to the website. And I've put all this information in the Duke IM wiki page for any residents listening. That is life-changing. That is so much easier to find than the way I was doing it. That's definitely going to change my practice. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that it leads to some more uh, JSPERS being submitted if people know how to access it easier. So, okay, Dr. Duffy, I just went using your route. And the first thing that shows up is a, a military health system screen. And there's a big green button that says accept DOD notice and login. Am I supposed to click that? Yep. Click the big green button. Okay. And then that, then it triggers me to log in with my PIV card. All right. I yep. got it. Yeah. So yeah, this form is not supposed to be uh, totally comprehensive or perfect. And I think sometimes uh, folks, busy clinicians, will get into a habit of trying to make a JPSR perfect and then getting distracted with clinical duties and then never actually submitting the form. So, you know, I just want to make the point that do your best and we can figure out details later on the back end. Okay, so now that we found how to access this really easily, what information do I need to have at the ready to make this process as quick as possible? So the information that you need is date and estimated time of the safety event. And again, it doesn't have to be perfect, just an estimate a location of the event, and then you put in the event description. And that's where you can provide a free text description of what happened. And this can be you know, as short as uh, two or three sentences. Um, but if you have time to provide more detail, that's helpful. Um, but again, don't let this step you know, take you down a rabbit hole. You're not supposed to be solving the problem. You're supposed to be just telling us what happened and we can take it from there. Okay. So thank you for mentioning that too, because this is something that I occasionally get hung up on and maybe you can clarify it for me. Sometimes I'm not sure the location of the safety event. Like if, if a patient falls, for example, that one's pretty obvious, but say a medication wasn't administered in a timely fashion or at all. Pharmacy is an option. The floor is an option. You know, what, what would I put in that case? Uh, yeah, and I'm sorry that this is confusing. It This happens a lot to people. The The answer is that you can select any of those. That's um, really to help route it to the correct people. But, you know, once the event description is read, we're able to route it to the correct people, regardless of the location selected. Okay, so if I'm not totally sure the answer, I don't have to stress about it too much. Exactly. So there are two questions at the end, which ask you whether the event was an adverse event or a close call which can be confusing if you're not used to these terminologies. Dr. Caputo, do you know the difference between an adverse event and a close call? Yeah, I, I think so. I can take a shot at it. So an adverse event is when there was actually harm done to the patient and a close call is when there wasn't, but there easily could have been. Yeah, perfect. And you know, I think knowing the difference between those two is helpful, but there's always the definition on the JSPER website uh, if you get caught up. But you know, if a patient was involved, which oftentimes there are in a patient safety event, uh, you'll need to know the patient's first and last name and date of birth. So with all that, that's everything you need to do to know to submit a JSPER is the, you gotta have your PIV card, you have to have a date and time estimate, you have to have a unit or location, and then the patient name and date of birth. Okay, so now I'm pretty confident about how to place it. What kinds of events should I be putting in JSPERs for? So the short answer is anytime you feel that an environment or a situation was or is unsafe. You know, a common reason people don't submit a safety event is that they think someone else is gonna submit the safety event and therefore they don't need to. You know, that's a, a version of the bystander effect. But really any anytime you feel like an environment was unsafe, um, you should be submitting a JSPER. Common scenarios that we ask people to submit JSPERs for you know, include things like falls, uh, medication errors, missing patients, physical or sexual assault, attempted suicide, procedure or surgical mistakes, and equipment malfunction. 
but there are countless situations that warrant a safety report. So what if it was a procedural mistake, but it wasn't a patient safety issue? Like I'm just thinking about the JSPR that we were planning to place today in real time. There was a gentleman who was supposed to go into dialysis in a chair, but instead he got sent in a bed. It wasn't really a safety issue, but we kind of identified it as a system issue where there was a Swiss cheese model and something went wrong. Is, is JSPR the right place to report that or would you recommend putting that elsewhere? I think if there's any situation that can be, you know, uh, imagined where a, a patient being in the wrong, you know, piece of equipment could have led to a patient safety or a delay, um, then I think that that, you know, that, that is the appropriate place for a JSPR. And if it's determined that this is not a true safety event, it can, the issue can still be routed to the managers that would direct that, that process. And when should we place JSPERS in relation temporally to when the event happens? Is there a window of time that we should be shooting for? You know, you can place a JSPER any point after a safety event. It is recommended to place them as soon as possible after the event, because that's when everyone's memory is going to be most fresh. And if people need to be contacted for more information, I think that's when we'll get the most useful information. Okay, that's helpful. And tell us about what happens downstream once we've submitted the JSPER, because I know for myself and in conversation with other colleagues and other residents, one of the biggest barriers to these is we don't want to tattle on anyone. You know, we don't want to point fingers or get anybody in trouble. So what happens once a JSPER is submitted? Yeah, so this is one of the other most common reasons that safety events go underreported for fear of getting someone else in trouble. And the investigations into safety reports at the VA are not punitive at all. The VA and I firmly believe that the vast majority of medical errors are committed by competent, caring people doing what other competent, caring people would do. Therefore, medical errors are the result of faults in the system, not at the fault of any individual. And VA safety culture is 100% system focused. So basically, when a report is placed, it goes to our patient safety team, which is led by our expert patient safety managers, Amy Mathis and Kate Murphy-McMillan, who will initially review the report and investigate what they can on their own. They categorize the safety event into buckets of types of safety events, and then they assign an actual and potential severity score. Then they report what they found to the hospital's executive leadership team the very next business day. Now, reports that either caused or could cause catastrophic harm result in a required root cause analysis or another extensive quality review. The patient safety managers then contact certain individuals to review these safety reports, and this is usually going to be leadership of the areas where the event happened or the breakdown occurred, such as a nurse manager, a section chief, etc., in order to look for details that caused the patient event with the goal of finding system solutions to prevent it from happening again. From there, the focus is entirely on whether or not an adaptation in the system is needed to reduce the likelihood of a future adverse event. If there's a trend in JSPERS coming through about the same process over and over again, then that will trigger a more formal review. Okay, so submitting a single JSPER isn't going to translate to someone's boss getting an email that they've done something wrong, for example. Correct. Yeah, 100% systems focused. Okay, that's definitely reassuring. Since you sit on this committee, can you give us an example of a time when a JSPER actually impacted the system in a positive way? Yeah, I'm actually working on a project now that was born out of a JSPER. So recently, a patient who was admitted to the hospital was noted to have an elevated potassium one day. The provider you know, quickly recognized this and appropriately ordered medications to treat the hyperkalemia, which included an order for IV insulin. Unfortunately, the patient subsequently became hypoglycemic, and it wasn't noticed until the patient became symptomatic. A JSPER was fortunately submitted and prompted a review of this process. The provider was totally well-intentioned and ordered the insulin appropriately, but the systems issue we realized is that the IV insulin order is not automatically paired with follow-up glucose checks, 
which is a major safety hazard because it's an extra step for the provider to go in and separately order the glucose checks. So as a result, Brian Schneider, me, and with help from other people, developed a hyperkalemia order set, which includes linked glucose checks whenever IV insulin is ordered. It also includes quick orders for all the other medications you may want to order when a patient's hyperkalemic. And hopefully this order set's going to go live later this month. Oh, I'm so excited to see that. That's a great example. Thank you for that. Tell me, is there a JSPER committee that meets regularly, or is it just kind of a rolling discussion with ELT based on when they come in? It's a rolling discussion. Okay, so they might be dealing with JSPERs every single day, potentially. Correct. Yeah, there's a rule in place that every time a JSPER is submitted, the patient safety team has to report to the executive leadership team the next business day. Very cool. Well, Dr. Duffy, this has been an incredibly educational conversation for me. Thank you so much for talking to me about JSPERS today. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. If you have more questions about JSPERS or if you're not sure whether what you have experienced on the wards is something that you should submit, Dr. Duffy is awesome and he is always around and happy to talk to you about it, as are any of the hospitalists. That's right. Awesome. Okay, Thanks again. Well, yes, thank you so much. And as always, the views and opinions expressed today are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Durham VA or the Veterans Health Administration. <laughs>